Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Peter Peach opened up our new series, My Story, by telling his own story about what God has done in his life. He talked about how God has worked in miraculous ways in his life, from his childhood to his adult years. Peter talks about how every day he has to make a choice for God, a choice to obey Him, and he encourages us to do the same. We hope you enjoy this message. Hello, everyone. Hey. Hi. I'm sure um, most of you have probably heard me speak before, and so some of this might sound familiar, but I've never actually shared my full testimony, so Dallas asked me to share it with you today. Um, So I'm just going to talk a little bit about my story. You know, uh, I hope that this is something um, that you guys find uh, encouraging and helpful, especially uh, down the road as you grow in life. uh, Some of this stuff might be more applicable. But uh, Dallas asked me to describe in one word how I felt about my testimony, and I I choose the word miraculous. Uh, For me personally, it was miraculous, not like parting the Red Sea miraculous or talking to a burning bush miraculous or uh, healing someone who's blind miraculous, but nonetheless, for me in the transformation in my life, I am always in awe and wonder of this miraculous occurrence in my life. Romans 8.28 is my life verse. And basically, it just says that all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And I live by that. And that all things means the good and the bad, the trials and tribulations, as well as the blessings. It's everything comes together. And it's not a promise that God's going to make all things great in your life. It's a promise that regardless of what happens, regardless of the mistakes you make, that God can make something great come out of it. And that's why I'm standing before you to be able to share all this um, so that you can hear how God brought all things together for my life. So start in the beginning. My father was in the military. My mom's Korean. We're living in Germany. I'm a little bit younger than you guys, maybe in the fifth grade. My mom's a Buddhist. My father's a non-practicing Episcopalian. I had never heard of Jesus. I had no idea. So my mom's working in a warehouse, and she gets run over by a forklift, and it crushes her legs, both of them, right at her shins, and she can't walk. And so there's this community of Korean women on the military base. They find out about this. They come to my mom and they say, hey, let us help you. Let us care for your children. Let us take care of you. And so they're helping us. They're taking care of everything. And in exchange, my mother, who's a very stubborn woman, um, allowed them to speak with her about the gospel, which she had not in the past. And so as they're caring for her, they're sharing Jesus and they're living it out in front of her. And they're just constantly taking care of her. And through the course of this, my mom comes to accept the Lord. So she accepts the Lord. My father, in the midst of all this, he accepts the Lord. My siblings all accept the Lord. One night, we're in Iwanas. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Iwanas, but that's like one of those things where you kind of go to like the little Bible club that churches would do, and you memorize verses. It's almost like Boy Scouts for Bible. I think that's kind of accurate. You know, you wore the scarf and all that. So I'm at Iwanas. I feel God's spirit move upon me, and I go forward. And I, I ask Jesus to come into my heart. Now, a peculiar thing happens. This is so strange, but the man who led me to the Lord said, I, I don't think you did that right. And I said, what? He's like, ah, I'm not sure you're saved. And I was like, okay. And so he's like, well, just go back to your seat, and then at some point, maybe you can be saved. And I said, Okay. So I went back to my seat, and they brought all the kids forward and announced the children that accepted the Lord. And James? 
I don't, okay, awesome, excellent. So as I go forward, um, I, I don't go forward, I just sit in my chair. And this is like a weird thing that would stick with me for a long time. This caused a lot of doubt in my life. I often question this event as to what really happened. It was an odd thing that would plague me for a, a large part of my life. So we attended this church, we grew as a family, and then we had to move. We moved to Louisiana. Because uh, in the military, that's what you do every two or three years you move. So we go to Louisiana, and an odd thing happens. My dad becomes a part of this very strict, restrictive version of Christianity that's kind of really focused on God's judgment and wrath and being perfect and that only a few people were called to be with God. And so it was different. And it was a situation where it was my family, the pastor and his wife, that was it. There were six of us. So it was strange. I didn't have what you guys have, this community of fellow believers that were my age. I didn't see this anywhere. I didn't think anyone else believed like us. I thought they were like 12 people going to heaven. You know what I'm saying? That's how restrictive it was. It was crazy. And it started to poison me. It started to poison my heart. I had a really hard time with this. And then we moved again. We moved to Washington. And my dad couldn't find a church strict enough. So he's like, you know what? Let's start our own church. So we converted our garage into our church building. And we had like 20 people in there. And we start having church services there. And I just, none of my friends were saved. They were all lost. Nobody believed in God. And I just felt so alone. And, and there was this nagging thing that was in the Bible that drove me crazy. And it was the tree of life. I don't know if you guys have ever thought about this, but I would think about the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. And I always thought, man, that's such a jerk move. Why would God put the tree of life in the Garden of Eden? He, he is setting them up to fail. That's what I kept thinking. God is cruel and mean, and he set up humanity to be punished by tempting them with this tree that didn't need to be there. And I never could grasp why that was, and no one could give me a good reason why that was. So over time, my heart grew really embittered, and I just turned away. And in the midst of all that anger, I just did everything you shouldn't do. All these things that we know to be bad for you, I did them. I did them all. And at first, I thought I was having fun, and then it just catches up with you. Everything has a price. And I started paying that price. I was failing in school at that point. I ended up graduating, but I went to community college for a year. I think I went to community college for a year. I got like seven credits because I wasn't going to class. I was just involved in doing very bad things. And eventually one day, my father came to me and he said, son, you can't stay here anymore. We, you're just poison. We, we can't have you here. I was like, wow. Wow, I'm actually getting kicked out of my house. I, I didn't even know you are allowed to do that to your kids. <laughs> it didn't cross my mind that that could happen. I, you know, even though I was doing whatever I wanted to do, and I said, okay, well, all right, if I have to go, I'm going to join the military. I'm going to go join the army. That's what my father had done. That seemed like an easy path. Now, my mom, she despised being a military family, did not want me to join the military, and prayed fervently to God to somehow deliver me from this horrible fate of joining the military. And um, so one day, this missionary comes through to our little tiny church, and he's a Korean missionary. And he tells my mom about this school in South Carolina called Bob Jones. 
And my mom's like, what, what is this place? And he's like, I went to school there. And I look back at now and I'm like, what are the odds? How many Koreans are at Bob Jones? Now, there can't be many, right? Like a relatively small number. And so this Korean man who went to Bob Jones happened to run into our church of 20 people in our garage, talked to my mom, told her about Bob Jones. My mom was like, this is the answer. This is where God wants you to be. This is where you're going. I was like, I'm not going. I'm not going to a golf school or whatever this is. She's like, you're going there. And so we fought and fought and fought. And eventually, I was like, fine, I'll go for one semester. My mom's like, just give it one semester. My dad's like, we're wasting money. What are we doing? You think this kid can make it in Bob Jones? This kid I'm kicking out of the house for what he's doing? You think think he's not going to get kicked out of Bob Jones? Fine, we'll waste the money. So I went to Bob Jones. I showed up, my hair was down past my shoulders, I had a goatee down to here. I was living in Seattle during the grunge phase, you know what I mean? So I was like walking grunge, Pearl Jam kind of guy. I showed up on campus, they were like, hey, Mr. Homeless Kid, can we help you? Do you need food? Do you need shelter? I'm like, no, I'm a student. And they're like, ooh, you're going to have to, you know, like shave and cut your hair. It was the whole thing. So I kind of, you know, look like the rest of the robots and I go through Bob Jones and I think, man, you know what? I bet I could get my degree from here. It's so strict here. There are so many rules. It's so hard for me to get in trouble. I think I could do it. And so I think God was planting that seed, and I got involved in things like theater, things that allowed me to be creative, and I was like, okay, I can cling to these things and make my way through school, and that's what happened. I graduated from Bob Jones, and uh, to this day, it still shocks my parents. It shocks a lot of people, but I made it. And I know things have changed there now. I'm trying to get my kids. I'm like, you know, maybe it's not that bad. They're like, man, but whatever. So I go to Bob Jones. And at the end of Bob Jones, I start realizing, man, I, um, I still haven't gotten this God thing settled out. I was going through the motions, but I, I wasn't in a community that was focused on God as far as, and there were a lot of rules to help keep me straight, but I didn't have like a heart change. And so I thought, well, Maybe, maybe I never accepted the Lord. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's my problem. So I accept the Lord again. And I think, oh, yes, this is going to fix all my problems. I've accepted Jesus and everything's going to be fine. So I leave Bob Jones and I don't have any support system. And so what happens? I'm free to do whatever I want. And I do the same things. I fall into the same habits. I make the same mistakes. I'm in a worse place than I was before because now inside I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I accepted the Lord. I'm doing this again. I'm living the wrong way. I I can't make myself stop. And I'm so depressed. And my parents are disappointed in me. My friends are disappointed in me. I'm disappointed in me. I know in my heart God must be so disappointed in me. It's eating me alive. And I get to this point where I'm like, I don't know what to do. I I don't know what to do. I don't even know if I want to live this life anymore. And so I'm sitting, my roommate, uh, I'm living with him as uh, my house is being built. And I'm on his back porch, and, and the Spirit of God just moves upon me. And I remember my dad always saying, you know, there are times in your life, son, where God's Spirit will move upon you and just take advantage of those times because it, it may not happen all the time. You, don't, you never know. It may not happen again. If you deny the Spirit of God, just, just take those moments. And so I did. I, I just sat in that moment, and I thought about my life, and I just said, God, look. I'm horrible at this. My life's a mess. I've hurt people. I'm hurting. I I have tried to live my life my way. And here's what I will do if you will just help me. I'm begging you, help me. I will live my life 
your way. You take over my life. I'm going to do my best to just do the way you want me to do things. But I, I desperately need your help because I can't do it. And I, I don't know what to do. So in that moment, I feel this weight lifted from me and I think, okay, maybe this is time. And I don't want to give you this idea that from that moment, my life was perfect and I didn't make any mistakes and God made me this perfect person walking around. It was a painful, grinded out process that took years and years of me making mistakes and mistakes and mistakes, but God pulling me through. Here's some examples of me just not seeing what God was trying to do. One, one thing I recognized is the job that I was in was unhealthy for me. And so I would pray to God, God, please get me a new job. I got to get out of here. And so as I'm building my house, the guy who's the salesperson says, hey, man, you should come work for us. And you could sell houses. And I was like, yeah, that's not the field that I'm in, so no thanks. I'm not going to do that. And then uh, I would go home and I would say, God, please send me a job. I need, need an opportunity with a job. And then I talked to that guy like a few months later. He's like, seriously, you really should work here. I think you would do good at this. This is a great opportunity. I'd be like, quit bugging me about this. I'm waiting on God to send me a job. And so I would go home and I would pray, God, please give me a job. And then finally my job, my company gets bought out and I'm realizing, ooh, this looks really bad. I don't know that I can be here. And this guy's like, man, this is the last chance. They're about to fill this role. I told them about you. And I suddenly thought, oh, this, this is the job God wants me to have. So I take the job. And that kind of starts these moments of faith where I start following God. So I end up in Greer, and there's a, a guy who comes and buys a house for me. And he says, hey, man, I go to Taylor's First Baptist Church. We have a singles group. He's like, you should come hang out with us, man. We're all kind of in the same age as you. We all work, and you can just come hang out there. And I was like, oh, well, I don't know. And I've been looking for churches this whole time. I'm visiting churches. I can't find anywhere I like. I'm praying for God to send me a church. So I'm like, okay, let's try it. So we meet in this little post office, and we hang out there. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's all right. I, I guess that's okay. And um, I go back, and he's like, well, are you going to come? I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to keep looking. So I'm still looking around. Well, his singles minister ends up buying a house for me as well. So now both of them are talking to me the whole time about coming there. And of course, I, again, because I'm not that smart, I keep saying, God, I need a church. Bring me some people who can support me. Put me in church. And he puts these two guys in my life. And I'm like, not these two guys, just two other people who can support me, right? And so eventually this guy reaches out to me and we just start hanging out and we just do things together. And he's like, man, just, just come check it out. Just come to the church itself. Come to Sunday school. And I was like, all right. And I was like, but you know, my dad, man, he was the Southern Baptist Church. That, that's like evil stuff, man. I mean, you got like contemporary music, people wearing shorts. I've heard of people wearing flip-flops to church. You know, that, that, I don't know. That seems like a bad place. He's like, man, you just be yourself. It's like, we don't care about that nonsense. We're just about being yourself. And I thought, okay, maybe, maybe I need to be somewhere where I can go myself. So I go to this church and everyone's greeting me. They're so kind. And I'm like, wow, I don't even know these people. And they're just treating me like I'm the most important person in the world. I walk through the exterior doors. I'm in the lobby. I'm getting ready to go into church. And I open the door and I have this experience I can't explain. And it's going to sound crazy to you guys. And that's fine. I've accepted that. But as I walk through the door, it's like a bolt of electricity hits me. It's almost like lightning going through my body. I can't explain it. And this is the first time and only time um, that I've ever experienced this, but I, I felt like I heard the audible voice of God. 
I don't have any other explanation for it, and I know no one around me heard it, but I heard it within my mind and within my heart. <sighs> Man, it's happened to me this morning. I thought it wouldn't happen this time. <sighs> but that moment, that moment was so powerful, and it was. It was like God saying, this is what I have for you. This is where I want you to be. And I think it's because I was so dumb before. God was like, I guess I got to talk to this guy out loud to get him to know this is where I want him to be. And so I was like, yeah, okay, this is it. So I'm there and I'm experiencing this spiritual growth. that I never thought I would experience. I read my Bible constantly. Every day he told me, before you read your Bible, pray James 1.5, that God would give you understanding and knowledge. Because that passage basically says, if you lack knowledge, you ask God, he will give it to you. Just do it in faith. And so I did. I had faith that God would help me understand the Bible. So I'm there and I'm studying. And all of a sudden, like a bomb goes off. I call him. I'm like, Scott, you're not going to believe this. I understand now. I understand. He's like, bro, it's midnight. I'm sleeping. What are you doing? I was like, the garden, the tree of life. I understand it. He's like, what, what do you understand about it? I was like, it's there because they had to have a choice. If not, they were just like robots. They had to have a choice. That tree was there because every day they passed that tree. And even though they were sinless at that point and hadn't made the mistake, every day they didn't partake of that fruit. They were saying, I choose God. And that's how you express love to God. That's how you have free will because without that, you don't have free will. It would be the equivalent of me saying, I love you, Peter, into my phone and then playing that back to myself every day. Does my phone really love me? No, because it's just a, a mechanical robotic thing. And that's what we would be if we didn't have a choice. And so every day that they walked past that tree and didn't partake, they were basically telling God, I love you. I love you. And at that moment, I realized this is what I need to do in my life. Every day, I need to make a choice for God so that he knows that I love him not to earn anything from him because he gives it all freely, but just to express to him that I love you, God, and so I'm going to do this the way you asked me to do it. At that point, I ended up helping to teach the Sunday school class there. I met my wife there. My two kids were baptized there. God worked so much through that church for me and did so much and totally transformed my life. It made me a person that's unrecognizable from who I was before. And so now you may be sitting there saying, well, what, what's the miracle? And there's two elements to that. And the first piece of that miracle is this. One, I was like Lazarus, man. I was dead. I was a corpse. <laughs> I mean, there was nothing there. I was a shell of a human being. I was just like an empty husk running around. And it's, it's a miracle that God brought me back. And I think about that all the time, and I'm so grateful because really I was so dead in my sins, and I had rejected God in every way possible and denied him, and he never gave up on me. He kept pursuing me. 
until he brought me to him. And then secondly, I was racked with guilt and doubt. There were so many opportunities where people would ask me to share my testimony or to teach or to serve. And all I could say was, no, I can't. I am such a bad person. If you only knew the things that I have done, you would not ask me to do this. If you knew my history, you would not let me in this building. If you knew all the mistakes I made, you would never think to ask me to do anything on behalf of God because I'm not worthy of it. And yet, God said, I'm fine. I'm fine with who you were because I've made you something new. And it basically came down to where I had to let go of my pride about my life and what I've done and not be ashamed and embrace the great things that God has done. You know, and this goes back to Romans 8, 28. All these events are going to happen in your life. And you're going to have these times that are up and times that are down. And you just can't let that define you. It should be your faith that defines you, your love of Christ that defines you. You know, for me, in the moment, I I couldn't see these things. I didn't realize they were happening. And now, being older, I can look back. And I can see God's hand guiding me. I can see these things that he made happen that I can't explain other than the fact that God guided my life to bring me to where I'm at. And that, to me, is miraculous. And so I hope for you guys that one day you'll be able to look back over the course of your life and see God's hand and his fingerprints all over your life. And you will realize that that, for you, is miraculous. And what you have here. And this great fellowship and this community is special. And I hope that you will realize always that God views you as miraculous. You are a valued treasure to God. And never forget that. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just praise you. We thank you for being a loving and caring God, for desiring a relationship with us um, just such unimportant beings, Lord, but you care for us and you've sacrificed for us and you draw us to you and we just want to praise you in all. I just pray that you'll bless this time we spend together and I pray that these words will be meaningful and that you will work in hearts, Lord, and let your spirit work upon uh, the people here, Lord. We love you and thank you so much for the sacrifice of Jesus and it's in his name we pray, amen.